Thanks for being here, everybody. I'm Dan, your friendly fishmonger at dancefish.com. And sometimes we do a live stream um, and we start it when we mean to. And other times we do a live stream and it just pops on randomly, apparently. So, <laughs> But we do this every Wednesday, 7 p.m. Mountain Time. That's 9 Eastern. Um, and I'm going to start off like I always do with the shipping report. Before I do that, I want to mention something that in the last week, we have shipped a month's worth of fish. So this was our last day to ship fish out. Uh, Mandy and Jonathan and I have been running like crazy, just packing a month's worth of fish in the last week. Um, we got them all out. We got them all, all out on time. So we are done for the year. And the reason for that is shipping around the holidays gets nutso. Like every delays are going to start happening. Um, and so we don't ship for a couple year, a couple weeks around Christmas. Um, and we don't ship again until after the new year, just because there's a backlog before Christmas. Well, backlog. There's they're going nuts before Christmas. And then after Christmas, there's a backlog that needs to clear. So in this last week, last eight days, we've shipped all the shipments for November or for December. I'm really tired in case you can't tell. I'm, I'm happy though. It's been a great time. We got it all done. But um, so we've shipped a ton of fish in the last eight days. So part of that, explaining that is when I go over this uh, shipping mint report with you, understand that it's not the normal week's shipment of fish. It's a month's worth of fish that I'm going to talk to you about today because we won't have any more shipments um, until after New Year. So Everything arrived alive and in, in, in seeming good shape, except for two fish. Um, one is a female Glossolepis pseudoincisus. It's alive and everything, but the, the owner's concerned just because it's kind of hanging out in the corner, which is not a good sign with rainbow fish. So I'd say there's a 50-50% chance. Maybe it'll recover and do okay. And... Um, you know, maybe it, it won't make it. I'm not sure. And not sure what happened. She was like, you know, doing great in the tank here, but sometimes the stress of shipping can bring stuff out. So one fish that an owner was concerned about. Another issue we had is a gold roseline um, barb or gold denison barb or roseline shark, however you want to say it, that we shipped out. The fish arrived with one of its eyes swollen. Now, I don't know if that's something that happened during shipping. I don't know if I like scratched its eye when I was netting it out of the tank or if it's something that the fish has had long-term already that, that I just missed. Uh, we do check the fish very carefully before they go out, but we are human and the fish don't always do the Vogue, uh, you know, runway model pose, turn, pose, and let you get a good look, you know? Sometimes you're just looking at a fish that's only facing one way, you turn the bag, it won't turn, you keep trying, it won't turn, you know, stuff like that. So every now and then something gets biased. So what what we're thinking, the new owner of that fish and I is, we'll give it a couple of weeks and see if it starts to heal up on its own. Sometimes just de-stressing and, and, you know, recovering in fresh, clean water and stuff will, will help uh, a fish and they'll be able to recover on their own. And if not, then I'll, I'll take care of the situation. But so that's the two issues where fish arrived in, in, uh, and there were some concerns. Now, 
there's one more thing I need to tell you about, which is there's another issue with three gold line rose lines. We sent uh, three gold line um, rose line barks to a different customer and they arrived in great shape. They were very happy. You know, we emailed. It was like, yay, they made it. Everything's great. And then today I got an email that they had passed away and so had the other fish in the tank, some of which had been there long term. There was um, some regular Denison barbs, uh, Roseline barbs, and there was a Pleco and some other stuff. So something happened in that tank. I don't know what it is or what it could be. I On this one, I, I really highly doubt that it was the fish we sent because it was such a sudden thing. Like, everything's great. And then the next day, it's like, wait, everything's dying. Um, and, and there are diseases and things that can maybe do that, but that would be super, super rare. And, um, all the other gold rose line barbs that we've sent out, and we've sent out a lot of them this week. Um, pretty much all of them have been sent out this week. That was three tanks worth a hundred gallon, two seventy fives. So lots of gold rose line barbs have been sent out and no one else has had a similar issue. So I don't think it's a case where like our gold rose line barbs are contaminated with some super fast acting disease and they'll go in your tank and they'll kill all your fish. I, I don't think that's what's happening here. Um, otherwise, other people would have had the same problem. So I think there's something that happened in that tank. Maybe there is a big water change. Maybe a heater failed. Maybe there's a random ammonia spike. Like the things that can randomly happen. I, something happened there. So I I don't think that's something that was on our end. But I, I'll work with the customer and um, you know do what we can to solve the problem. We're, we're just beginning the conversation. So hopefully um, we can figure out what's going on with that tank and, and help it out. Cause I've had that happen where I've had a tank going for a long time. Um, it's been stable and everything. And then one day you come in, it's just like, what is going on? So that's the full report. Um, two fish, they all arrived alive. Two arrived with some issues that we're concerned about and three arrived alive, but then we're dead the next day along with everything else in the tank. And that's where we're at. So that's the report for, for December for, you know, pretty much the whole month. So that's the shipment report. Um, I do want to talk about the reason I got a new computer, which is super exciting. The reason we got a new computer is we have been able to find our customer happiness officer. Um, it looks like everything's moving forward there. Um, they're, they're moving from out of state. So there's some logistics, some stuff that need to happen. But we, we anticipate that in January, that person will be here full time joining the team and be able to um, help take some load off me. Uh, be our candy, if you will. <laughs> Not that anyone could be candy, um, but, uh, you know, be in charge of customer service and making sure you guys are all taken care of which will free me up so that I can start making content again. So I like to make more videos and, and be a lot more active. For a long time, have not had time to do much of anything besides this weekly live stream and maybe an occasional tour of like new fish that came in. But nothing really in depth like I used to do where we do species profiles or here's how you build this or you know all, all those things that I really like doing there just hasn't been time. We've been having to pack fish, like <laughs> so many fish to pack and just taking care of the customers that anything else fell by the wayside. 
But with this new person coming on to help with that, I should be able to ramp up and start making uh, more content soon. So we got a computer that can do that because my old computer is now old. Like technology moves on and that computer is out of date and super slow. And when you're trying to render video and, and work with you know files like that, you need a computer that can do it in a timely manner. Otherwise you're very inefficient yourself. So that's why we got the new computer because we found our fish happiness, our customer happiness officer. Um, and I, I'm confident it's all gonna work out, but I don't wanna announce exactly who they are and things until they actually get here. Like if, if things can't go, if something happens on there and it's like, you know, we couldn't, well, I don't want to say, talk about their situation exactly because that's, that's their, their business. But, um, but that's the reason. So it's a really good reason. We're fleshing out our team here. We are still looking for um, someone to, to be the content creator. Um, we found what we hope will be our candy. We're looking for our Jimmy, if you will. <laughs> Cheers, Whiskey. Um, so if you like making content about aquarium fish and you're comfortable behind a video camera and you know um, how to work with editing software and all that stuff, then please send a resume to dan at dancefish.com. And if we can take that off my plate, then I get to do something else, which I will talk to you about at that time. It's a little early to uh, talk about that now. Still with Dan's Fish, of course, but um, be able to get some other stuff done, other projects in the works that we want to do. So that is uh, is what's, what's going on. It's why I, I was, everything's a little different today. Brand new machine, but we're here and... Uh, progress is happening. So pretty excited. Now, something that let's see what what's our count 140. I wonder what this will do to our viewer count. We are not doing a giveaway today. I don't think we'll do a giveaway until um, after the new year. And the reason is simply because I, I can't ship fish until after the new year. With the holiday shipping, it's just too crazy. There's too many delays and things. So um, I didn't want to do a giveaway and then like be like ah, here's your giveaway I'll ship it to you next month right I, I didn't want to do that so we're just here fish nerds talking and chatting um, so if you're here for the giveaway I hate to disappoint you but I did want to talk about something specific tonight because of the customer who had the three gold roseline barbs that showed up did great and then the next day they're dead as are the other fish in the tank. So, so a tank crash, right? So I'm trying to help this customer out. I don't know if they're here in the chat or not, uh, but I'm emailing them and they might be here. And I'm trying to come up with um, things to look out for. If your tank crashes, what, what could be the cause? So there's a few things I've thought of that have happened to me in the past. One is medication, right? If we don't dose medicine properly or understand the ramifications on the tank's ecosystem of using medicine, that can wipe out a tank. I can do a lot more harm than good sometimes. Um, a, a chemical gets introduced into the tank. Say you have lotion on your hands or soap on your hands, or you were fixing the lawnmower and spilled a little gas on your hands, you know, whatever it might be, accidentally introducing a chemical into the tank. Heater failure, a heater getting stuck on, right? Like a temperature swing. The 
water in your municipality um, suddenly changing because they're purging the system. It tends to happen with the seasonal changes. Things like that. So I'm curious of your stories. Um, if, if you have a story about a tank crash and you don't mind sharing it, um, if you leave a comment and make it at Dance Fish, then I'm looking to jot down other reasons why a tank could crash so I can email this customer back and say, hey, here's some other things to look out for. Because um, they're trying right now to figure out what happened. So that, well, obviously, so, <laughs> so get some closure and figure it out, right? So those are my big things is that I, that I can remember um, happening. I guess there's one more, which is a fish that just goes aggro on everybody. Um, if you have, I don't know, a jewel cichlid or <laughs> something like that, and they decide to pair off and spawn, suddenly you can come in one day and the tank is thrashed. So something like that can happen. But I'm, I'm curious about what people's tank crashes are. Um, what, what are the reasons that they happen? So I can help this customer out. So I'm going to wait for some things to come in. It's a banner day. We have candy overhauls in the chat. Hello, candy. Welcome back. Good to see you, lady. Hope you're doing well. Um, and uh, yeah, just great that you could be here. I know how busy you are. So welcome. Rest of my mods as well. Thanks for being here, doing what you do. Um, while we're wake waiting for folks to chime in about tank crash scenarios or reasons that they've experienced, um, and if you'd make those comments at Dance Fish so I see them, that would be excellent. Then I'll get to the other questions and comments. And I see one here from Alexander Engelhart. Alexander, good to see you. Happy holidays. Here's a takeaway instead. Thank you, Alexander. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for the super chat. Always appreciated, never required, but your generosity is just amazing. Thank you. It's hugely helpful. Um, for those that might be new, we are a startup company and every little bit helps. So thank you so much. Um, and now that we're through the shipping crunch, the holiday shipping crunch, um, we're going to be able to get to some, some other things that are on the back burner, including hopefully discussion with you, Alexander, coming up shortly. Um, let's see here. Who else has a question or comment? Cancer Train saying we're live. Yeah, I did. I had no idea. <laughs> were you guys watching me just rush back and forth as I like filled my, my cup and stuff? <laughs> Hopefully I didn't do anything super inappropriate. <laughs> what, what did happen? <laughs> I wonder if, so I had to load OBS in again and everything. And I wonder if now, cause it's a new version of OBS. If when I click start streaming, if it just automatically starts on YouTube as well, it used to be that you'd start streaming on OBS and then start streaming on YouTube. Either that or I absentmindedly clicked the stream now button on, on YouTube. Um, or since I didn't build it in advance, maybe when I built it, it just went live. I, I don't know. But yeah, that's funny. Everyone's like, hi, you're live. <laughs> Orange goes, was that a random arms faux pas? Yeah, no, that was all me. I can screw up things just fine by myself. I don't even need any help from Mandy or random arms. <laughs> Kyle, Aquarimetrics, we need to get Dan a fancier chair, older, more folks. Yeah, every year. But actually, so it doesn't look like it, but this is a pretty, pretty fancy chair. This is a steel case. Um, 
So it's highly adjustable. It gives you good lumbar support. Um, and we were able to find a good deal. So Jonathan, his old job, um, they downsized a whole bunch because of COVID and all that. And they rotate out their, their chairs frequently. So they had all these chairs they didn't need. So we were able to get a really good deal on a bunch of used steel case chairs. So they're, they're not like bragging rights chairs, like super fancy gaming chairs or anything, but they are adjustable. They're super high quality. They're very comfortable. They're sturdy. So um, it's actually, it doesn't look like much, but they're really good chairs. The steel case chairs, at least I've found they're awesome. <laughs> Dan pulls a Stefan and goes live without knowing it. Is that a not Stefan? <laughs> You're live one minute before you thought. Yeah, yeah, here we go. As I like to say, there's always another way to fail. <laughs> Both in fish keeping and in streaming. It's a Danison barb. <laughs> Leo Contreras, $4.99. Thanks for the super chat, my friend. I am ready for next month. For more, L471. What's the highest temperatures we can keep, Corey's? Want to add some to my L471 tank and keep the sand turned. Leo, I got an email from you asking about this, didn't I? And I meant to respond, but with how fast and furious emails are coming in, I might have skipped it. I'm sorry about that. I was going to look into that. So quarries, it depends on, on the species. Some of them like it pretty cool. Some of them can take higher temperatures. Corridoris sterby is a good one for higher temperatures. It's very pretty as well. So let me show you this fish in case you don't know it. It's one of the prettiest. Now, most of you are going to know this fish, but... Um, just in case, this is a species that does well in higher temperatures. So if you have a discus tank and, and all that stuff, it's not a bad option. And they really are one of the prettiest of the quarries. They have these bright orange pectoral fins and just, just a delightful, delightful species. So that's one, uh, Leo, that I was going to respond about. Um, I was also thinking of, of horse face loaches, but I don't know how they like high temperatures. I've never tried them at super high temperatures, but there's nothing like a horse face loach to turn sand. Like if the goal is to keep that sand fresh and uh, so you don't get like algae and gross stuff growing on it and keep it turned and pretty, horse face loaches are amazing. But I don't know their upper limit temperature wise. I, I know in the literature, it's like stops in the mid seventies or so, but the literature is not always right. So people, um, have any of you kept horse face loaches long-term like 84 degrees or so. And um, how did they do? Did they do fine long-term? Was it an issue? Um, if they can go long-term, then that's the best fish, I think, for turning sand. They get down deep, they burrow in it, they, they suck it through their gills all day long, and they're serious about it. They don't just play with it occasionally like Corey's can. They like, they go, they, they're serious about it. They move a lot of sand. And Leo, I'm so sorry. I'm, now that I see that super chat, I'm thinking maybe I totally forgot to respond, but it's been a whirlwind. Like the last week is just a blur of packing fish, packing fish, packing fish, 
getting through emails as much as I can, packing fish, packing fish. So, well, hey, uh, let's be honest. I guess I should not respond more often than I get super chats. No, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> Skipper's Aquariums. Hey, good to see you, Skipper. To ask a question, make sure you type add dance fish so that it highlights for him. Yes, we like these bright orange boxes. That's what happens when you do that. That's what I look for when I'm going through the chat. Did I just see Mile High? Hey, there he is, Mile High. Good to see you, Mikey Trevor. Hope you're doing well. It's good to talk to you the other day, man. Or that was just last night, wasn't it? Good to talk to you recently, man. <laughs> okay. Randy Koch. Do the gold roseline barbs breed true to color? No, um, there's a whole article on that. So if you go here, let me just show you real quick how to get there. If you go to dancefish.com and you scroll to the bottom, here's our newsletter. You can join the newsletter, which I would encourage everyone to do, but if you don't wanna do that, you can just read them here. <coughs> so if you go to the, oh, I'm not showing this, am I? Let's start that again. <laughs> if you scroll to the bottom, you can join our newsletter. This is just dancefish.com homepage. Or if you don't want to scroll, uh, join, or if you want to just see some stuff, can't find something, go here. Here's all the newsletters we've done. The last one that we did for December talks a lot about gold roseline barbs and talks about the color variants in them. So here it is. Um, you can read all about the diversity of that morph here at dancefish.com in the December newsletter. Now, they'll all breed, um, they'll all breed true to being xanthic, which is what the morph is, a lack of melanin, basically. It's like Lutino in like a cockatiel, if you've ever seen a Lutino cockatiel. Let's show you this. This is a, a good way to describe it. So this is a cockatiel that has the same um, mutation, color mutation, right? This is a Lutino cockatiel. So the, the melanin's kind of gone versus a regular cockatiel, which we call a gray. This is what they look like in the wild, right? The male has a little bit of yellow, but mostly grayed out because of all the uh, melanin. You lose the melanin, and you see all the gray and orange and white underneath. So it's it's the same thing. It's a simple recessive gene. It's xanthic or lutino, if you want to go with that. And um, so they'll, they'll breed true for it genetically, but phenotypically, they express it differently. So some will express the golden yellow and some will express more of a white color. Um, and some will express the golden yellow and then a tiny bit of brown. And some will express the golden yellow and then over time develop quite a lot of brown. Or it's more like a charcoal, olive charcoalish, blackish color. But it looks brown in a lot of instances because of the yellow under underneath if the pigment isn't really dense in that area. So, so they, they breed true genetically, but they don't breed true phenotypically. How they express that is, is highly variable. Jeremy, hey, good to see you, Jeremy. Thanks for saying hi. <laughs> Let's see, is chat gonna jump? Oh geez, it just did. Okay, hang on. Scrolling up, hopefully I didn't miss 
stuff we were looking for here. Let's refresh that real quick. I don't know if this is going to blip on us or not, but I had to refresh uh, YouTube. It was getting funky. Okay, I think we're okay now. Yeah. All right. Forest Key Kendall, still waiting for the heavy equipment mechanic openings. Yes. Um, so at the warehouse, to give everyone a, an update um, for the warehouse, sorry. Yeah, we don't need a heavy equipment operator, but your 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 comment made me think of all the heavy filtration and, and heating and water treatment equipment we're putting in um, at the new fish warehouse. And so I should give you all an update about that. So um, it's insulated, it's painted, and now they've started putting in more electrical and the HVAC. So the two furnaces are in, the big HRV, the heat retention ventilator has been put in. Um, on the inside, they've put a couple uh, electrical panels in, what are circuit breaker boxes, I guess, in. And, um, <coughs> pardon me, there's a little bit of wiring starting to happen. So the mechanical and electrical and plumbing is all is all coming in right now. I want to take a picture every day and, and make some videos and show it to you guys, but there's a problem with that, which is, during the day while all the subcontractors are in there, I don't want to go in there and disturb them and be like filming them and taking pictures and stuff. That would just be awkward. So I have to wait until they're done to go in there. But since the electricity isn't in there yet, there are no lights. So it makes it really hard to take pictures <laughs> and video to show you what's going on. So as soon as there's enough electricity put in that we can actually have some lights on in there, then I plan to take some pictures and take some video. Um, but uh, until that happens, I don't know how I'm going to do that because it's pretty dark in there without lights. There's, there's some windows, but they're small because we don't want a lot of heat loss or anything. And we don't want a lot of sunlight going into the tanks and causing algae issues or, or causing a lot of bounce when we're trying to video and things like that and take pictures and things. So uh, there's very few windows for the size of building. So it, it's dark inside. Even in the daylight, it's fairly dark. So what I might try to do is go in this weekend during the day, open all the window or open all the doors to let in more light, see if we can get enough to take some pictures or film something. Um, I wanted to, to do that this weekend too, but A, we were super busy just packing and preparing and stuff. A month's worth of fish in eight days was kind of crazy, but also they're, they were a little behind, so the subs were actually in there working uh, this weekend, so I couldn't get in. So we're working on that for all of you that are wondering <coughs> how that's going. I, I really wanted to keep you on that journey more, uh, let, let you know more frequently what's going on, but it's a little hard to, to film and, and take pictures right now. But Forrest... If we ever need someone to, to work an excavator and a backhoe, I'll, go, I'll keep you in mind. <laughs> Rachel Irwin, a few years ago, a heater went haywire and cooked my poor fish. So we're talking about reasons a tank can crash and heater sticking on. Yeah, that can definitely do it. When you come in and the water in your tank is boiling, it's not a good, good sign. Thanks for sharing that, uh, Heather. 
but that was Heather, right? Rachel, sorry. Thanks for sharing that, Rachel. Um, Geek Boy, my only tank crash has been a heater stuck on. One I've heard of happening more than once is CO2 dumps. Oh, that's a, I hadn't thought of that. Tank crash, CO2 dumps. CO2 dump. Thanks for that. I had not thought of that one. Some regulators will not be able to regulate when the level in the tank gets too low. Awesome, Geek. That's that's a good one that I had not thought of before. Timothy Perry. It wasn't a full crash, but I've cleaned the canister filter too thoroughly and caused some massive spikes for a couple of weeks with ammonia and nitrites and nitrates. Yeah, absolutely. Mess with the cycle too much, so filter cleaning. You know, sometimes we do that. It's like, I want this tank to be super nice for the new fish. I want it to be all clean and nice, right? And we we get a little too clean and screw up the entire ecosystem. Yeah, I've, I've been there. <laughs> Done that one. Lady Diane, the only time I had a crash problem was with Seachem Prime. The bottle smelled more horrible than normal. Stopped using it. No problem since. So a tank additive going bad. like dechlorinator. Yeah. These are great. Thanks, guys. Stuff I hadn't thought of. Man, Prime did it on you. And it smelled worse than than normal. How is that possible? <laughs> my life plecos. I've had tanks crash from my water source. They had an algae bloom, and it caused all kinds of problems. I live in a smaller town, and weird things happen. So, mile high, was it that the water source had an algae bloom, so they had to treat to kill the algae in the water system in the of the municipality? Or is it that something happened with your local water and it caused algae to bloom in your tanks, which, which caused the problem? Curious which one that was. Water source... Yeah, if you get real aggressive growth of like, say, I know it's not a true algae, but like a blue-green algae or all the little microorganisms just go boom on you, that can be a problem. That can uh, totally diminish the amount of oxygen available for the fish, and that can be a big problem. Yep. <laughs> Forest Key Kindle, didn't your older video say your chair needed squeak? Yep, chair needs more squeak. That chair, I still have it right over there. It's right over there. But um, should I sit in it for nostalgia's sake? Should we get you some squeak, <laughs> Forrest? <laughs> it's a, I mean, it's a chair, but it, it doesn't have good lumbar support or anything. Like, you don't want to be sitting in it, in it all day long. It's, it's not good for you. <laughs> but it had a lot of squeak. Chevy Fish, candles, incense, or scented plugins are bad news for fish. Also, maybe they accidentally use medicine instead of prime. By mistake on the tank. Yeah, putting in the wrong additive or pouring wrong bottle into the tank. <laughs> wrong thing. That could do it. Um, 
but se- I hadn't thought of like scented plugins. Incense, candles. Just out of curiosity, Chevy Fish, have you actually firsthand experienced something like that? Or is this anecdotal? Um, I'm just curious of any details or if it's something people talk about or if it's something that's actually that you've experienced. And if so, which candle, which brand, which, you know, I had not thought of that. These are great guys. Thanks. Yeah. I I could see that though. If you had like one of those air fresheners that automatically that plugs in right to your outlet and kind of automatically spritzes something in into the air. If you're, if it got into your tank, I could see how that could be an issue depending on what it is. Of course. W Marion big plant die off left in tank too long. The pH crashed. How is hardness? Yeah. Decaying matter in a tank. Plant die off. So that makes sense, right? Um, if you have a bunch of decaying matter, then um, over time that can crash your carbonate hardness and you can have the whole uh, old tank syndrome going on with you. Right, the whole thing can just crash out pH wise, and I'm not sure what their pH is or what their carbonate hardness is, um, but I can I can bring that up. Holy cow! I missed some super chats. Sorry about that, folks. Let's see here. Miss from from Kenner's Aquatics and Exotics for $9.99 with Pippi Longstocking doing what Pippi Longstocking does, which in this case is cheerlead. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. Appreciate it very much. Always appreciate it, never required, but as you know, it makes Brenda super happy. Maria Z threw down a nice $20 super chat. Maria, thanks so much. You're amazing too, and I appreciate it. And thanks for being a mod, you and Bob. Kelly Foreman, I was just going to mention a CO2 dump. There's no way you wouldn't notice though. It happened to me and took out two aquariums of fish, ouch. So by CO2 dump, we're talking about just like extra CO2 just going in the tank, right? The regulator failing and just a whole bunch of CO2 being dumped into the tank, right? I'm not a planted tank guy, so I want to make sure I understand the terminology of dump. (laughs) The the super (laughs) technical jargon of dump. (laughs) Leo Contreras, your good life happens, but excited about you getting more L47s. Me too. And just next month, that's the goal. Um, but I'm not in total control of that. <laughs> There's a, a lot that could happen. If, if they're far enough along with the warehouse that we can move there, that might delay when we get fish in. Um, there, there are times when I order and the breeder just doesn't have enough stocks. So we have to wait, you know, things like that. But I'm doing my best. My hope is in January to bring in some of those and I'm like, well, I won't go over the whole list, but a lot of really cool stuff. Orange goes, wait, Dan packs fish to ship. Say it isn't so. Yeah. This just in (laughs) hot off the press. (laughs) All right. Forest, maybe glass cleaner. Oh, yep. 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 
was used on the tank to get a good look at the new fish glass cleaner. I, I mean, I'm hesitant to say what I'm about to say because I don't want to say something that could create a problem for someone, but I straight up use Windex or whatever the bargain brand knockoff of Windex is from the dollar store on all my tanks. Have for years, never had a problem. However, see, I'm worried about saying that now someone will squirt it right in their tank. However, I have tight fitting lids on all my tanks and I tend to squirt the towel away from the tank and then go over and rub it on. So I'm not like squirting it into the tank. Um, but yeah, uh, glass cleaner a lot of times has a ton of ammonia in it. So if it did get in your tank, it could be a real big problem. Plus whatever else is in glass cleaner. So that I've used that for years. Um, no problems, but I'm careful with it. <laughs> so <laughs> now that I said that someone's going to use it, it's going to be a problem. Uh, I'm not recommending it. Let's just for a CYA kind of thing, you know, I don't know if you should do it, but it's worked for me forever. Sorry, I'm feeling a lot better than I was last week, but I still got a little bit of a tickle in my throat. But we're doing lots, lots better. Punchy Paints. Pam, it's so good to see you. Someone gave me a tank and supplies because all their fish had died unexpectedly. I used their bottle of dechlorinator on the next water change and lost a whole tank of fish within minutes. Okay, so it's happened to you as well. Do you remember the brand? Was it Seachem Prime as well? Um... That's so interesting. I've never had that happen, but I, I mean, I guess I've always used the dechlorinator before it spoiled that much. How interesting. Okay. So that's two for, um, expired, let's say, or rancid or gone bad dechlorinator. Interesting. 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 Hey, we're at 154 people. So not everyone ran away just because we're not doing a giveaway right now right now. That's, that's awesome. Thanks for being here, folks. Mitchell Broom. I have a friend who was having work done to her house. The contractor sprayed something, no idea what, in an upstairs room that the HVAC spread to the tanks in the basement. Construction? <laughs> Nearby? Yeah, like I could imagine like spray foam uh, or... Uh, yeah, there's a lot of chemicals that are used in construction that could do that. Chuck Gudgeon, that's how I say it. I had a mop bucket too close to a tank, didn't kill the fish, but I had a massive algae bloom because of it. I had a, okay, let me try to wrap my, my head around this Chuck stir. I had a mop bucket too close to a tank, it didn't kill the fish, but it had an algae bloom because of it. So is it that there was some kind of chemical in the mop bucket that was evaporating and like getting into the water and it was something that the algae just ate like crazy and, and blew up on is that what happened how would having a mop bucket close to a tank i get that's what i'm thinking something like that um could you clarify chuck oh shoot kayla there it is kayla's aquatics and exotics Turning a hang-on back filter on after a power outage can create an ammonia purge. Oh, so that's right. 
if your power has been out for a while and then you turn your filters on, hold on, I'm just jotting this down. That's right. So if your, if your power goes out in your filters and you have a canister hang on back or what have you, and the oxygen stops being refreshed in that filter because water's no longer flowing through it, then a lot of the microorganisms in that filter will die, whether it's nitrifying bacteria or protozoans or what, what have you, whatever's in the microcosmos. It'll die, it'll rot, and then when you turn the filter back on, when the power comes back on, it'll eject all that into the tank, and that can create a, a big problem real fast. Yeah, I've, I've actually experienced this, Bob, myself, so I, I understand what you're saying. And even if it doesn't create a big problem real fast, it can create an ammonia spike later too. Let's say it's not like full of gunk that it's like blowing into the tank, but you just killed your nitrifying bacteria. Now you're in trouble because your, your cycle's gone. So it can, it can get you two ways when that happens. Yeah, good one. Kelly Foreman, your tank looks like a soda fountain. <laughs> oh, wow. With CO2, it's like, like carbonated water, basically. Holy cow. Just fizz it away. Cheap regulators fail when the tank is low and spew out CO2, fish gasp at the surface before they die. Okay, so that's a CO2 dump. Alrighty. W. Marion, some regulators can't keep pressure consistent as the CO2 gets low. And they end up dumping the final amount too quick in the CO2. Okay, I did not know that. CO2 tank gets low, dumps remainder in the tank. Man, you learn something new every day. I had no idea they did that. That's horrible. So, I when when I up till up till that when I've been thinking about the tank low, I thought you meant the water level in the aquarium, like as it lowers the pressure on the regulator drops and it goes funky. But you're talking about the CO2 tank itself, the pressurized tank itself, right? That uh, the level gets low and it just goes like, we don't know what's going on and spits out the rest. That's a horrible design. That's horrible. Why would you design something like that? Oh, engineering. Ah, engineering gone wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, no es bueno. Okay, scrolling here because things uh, things jumped on me. Okay, Mario Via Lobos is here. I am the Gold Bar customer. I think what happened um, was a large plant die-off. Had a large chunk of Java moss go missing in my tank. I found it stuck in my pre-filter sponge, blocking flow. Oh, okay, that could do it. All right, all right. Well, Mario, thanks for sharing that, because I always, in this case, I was pretty sure it wasn't our fish, because we shipped out, I don't know how many of them, like many, many orders of gold rose line barbs. And I was pretty sure if our fish were killing other people's fish, we would have heard back from a lot of people. So I was pretty sure about that. But um, 
it's always nice to get to the bottom of it. There's always that unknown factor, right? Like, did I do something wrong? Um, and it's super rare, but I have had it happen where I moved a fish from one tank to another tank and all the fish in the new tank were wiped out super quick. Um, probably some kind of chemical thing I couldn't identify, but in the back of my mind, I'm always like, is there some super fast moving disease that by moving the fish got exacerbated or somehow took hold? And I, I, I do live in kind of perpetual fear that despite all our quarantine procedures and despite everything we do, there could be a case where it's like smallpox, right? If you're a population of humans that has lived with smallpox for hundreds of years, um, you've adapted immunity to it. But then when you go to a new continent and bring that with you and the population of people that live there have never been exposed to smallpox, suddenly it just, it just devastates the population, right? I worry about something like that with fish where there could be instances where we have fish that appear healthy in every way, but are carriers of something, you know, small, like smallpox, where we sell them and a customer puts them in their tank and it just wipes out the tank because whatever they've got, even though they can handle it, the other fish don't have immunity to it. So there are things that can sneak past quarantine like that. And I've had it happen myself uh, with my own fish, super rarely, and I'm guessing that it was some kind of super fast moving virus or disease, but, um, or bacteria or something, but it could also be a chemical thing, something else that happened at the same time. And I just attributed it to it. Right. So correlation does not equal causation, but I do worry about that always in the back of my mind as I sell fish. I'm like, man, I'd hate to be the guy that wiped out someone's nice tank, uh, unknowingly, of course, and try our best to always sell healthy fish, but it's always in the back of my mind. Anyway, Mario, thanks for chiming in and closing the loop on that. Um, tank basically had no filter for a few days, caused nitrate to spike, and to top it all off, my cat pulled my air stone out of my tank, so no air all night as well. Okay, so you have things going on, and then the air stone comes out. Now you don't have circulation. The oxygen isn't getting in there. Surface agitation is not happening and exacerbates. That makes sense. Well, Mario, I'm super sorry it happened to you. My offer remains open that I emailed you about. So, um, you know, let me know. I'm happy to help and I'm happy to uh, do what we need to do to help you be successful with those barks because they're super awesome. All right. Um, let's see here. Scrolling because chat jumped. That's why there's dead air right now. <laughs> Jeremy, my fish are still doing great. Flex. Well, I'm glad to hear that. That's awesome. Thank you. In fact, it's been it's been going awesome. Like, honestly, a full month of fish were shipped out and there were five fish that had issues is all. Um, two of which probably originated on our side. Um, the female pseudoincisus, which is the millennium rainbow fish, Glossolepis pseudoincisus, fine on our end, but probably had something that wasn't manifesting. 
and uh, during shipment got expressed, right? S super stressful shipping, and it can bring out latent things, no matter how careful you are. So that was probably on our end. And the gold rose line barb with the eye issue was probably on our end. Um, so two things that I think we can attribute to ourselves, And we shipped out a whole month's worth of fish. So like doing pretty good. So thanks everyone that chimes in and lets us know how things arrive. Especially thank you to anyone that takes the time to let us know the temperature that the fish arrived at. That's super helpful. And everyone going a step beyond and being a temp tester, thank you. And for those of you that have offered to be a temperature tester um, and haven't had the temperature recording unit sent to you, um, we appreciate it just as much. <laughs> Thanks for volunteering. It's just we only have two of those units and they're often out, um, but it's so appreciated when people are willing to let us send them a little temperature recording probe and are willing to, to mail it back to us so that we can get an actual representation of what happened. So, and once we collect a couple more weeks worth, well, once we get the ones back um, from this, yeah, since we're done for the month, as soon as the ones come back that are out right now, um, that'll mean I have, I think, three or four new temperature graphs to share with you guys. Uh, and I'll, I'll do that in a live stream, show you the actual graphs of what's going on. Let's see here. Where are we at? We've got 147 of us. Okay, I better do something interesting. We're hemorrhaging viewers. <laughs> Orange cones. What do you think of the mini hatchet fish with the standard size in the same tank? It's a good question. I have noticed that my silver hatchets, the, the, the standard size one, when I've kept them, can be rowdy with each other, right? They have a definite hierarchy. They aren't like vicious, but they'll chase each other around. Um, they have a hierarchy. So that being said, and without me ever having tried it, I could see it going two ways. One, the dwarf hatchets or mini hatchets are enough of a different species that the silver hatchets don't even register them, right? They're not part of the social mix. In which case, no problem. But what could happen is that they do register that they're hatchet fish, they become sucked into the social mix, and they automatically get kicked to the bottom of the hierarchy just because they're small. That could be a problem. Long term, that could be quite stressful to the dwarf hatchets or the mini hatchets. So um, I could see it going either way without having experienced it myself. I don't know which way it would go. If anyone here has tried that mix, uh, let us know, please. All right, Mountaintop Puffer Keeper with the update on the puffer fry that are being raised. Day 45, pupper. <laughs> Let's try that again. <laughs> pupper. <laughs> Day 45, puffer fry update. 12 of the uh, palustris are approximately one inch long now. That's awesome. Eating 300 whiteworms per day over two feedings. Glad those cultures took off. Snails, shrimp, and earthworms next. Awesome, I'm glad that's working for you. Mountaintop, if, if you don't have a scud culture, hit me up. I owe you for the article you wrote for us. Mario Vigilobos, oh, I already got that one about the, uh, air, about the cat pulling the air stone out. Oh, I'm so sorry. By the way, um, I'm so jealous of you right now. I used to live uh, in your neck of the woods 
and I'm missing that weather right now. It's cold and snowy here at the moment. I'm sorry, I'm still a little sick. I know that's gross. Hang on, I'm gonna mute the mic for a sec so I can do this for real. All right, you didn't want to hear that. Okay, and by the way, thanks everyone for chiming in about uh, tank crash causes. This has been educational. I've learned a few things tonight. Okay, because you're fish, how are the hummingbird tetras? They're awesome. Um, I, I love caracidium tetras and caracidium type tetras. They're awesome. I would recommend them. They're hardy. They're doing well. The one thing I will say is live foods and small frozen foods. I have not got them to eat prepared foods yet. So keep that in mind. But if you're able to hatch baby brine shrimp or culture some stuff, microworms or whatever would be fine too, or have frozen baby brine shrimp or whatever, then go for it. They're, they're, they're cool. Now, I should back that up by saying everyone has their own taste, but I've always loved caracidium type tetras, the hummingbird tetras. So to me, finding one that is dinky, just a little nano species, was awesome. So I'm kind of geeking out on them. But, you know, not everyone has the same taste, but I like them. Kyle, Aquarimetrics, the L471 and 174 have welcomed the Zebra Auto you just sent me in with open arms. They're all BFFs, match made in heaven. Awesome. I hope that continues to do well for you. I've never mixed autos with plecos, so I have no personal experience to share, but I'm glad they're doing well. And man, those zebra autos are smoking. I'm glad you got some. They're just so cool. I'm so proud of our auto sinkless. Like, it's worth the work to get them fat and healthy and, and like, exchange the pipes and give them all the algae and wood and make sure they have fresh food until they learn what an algae wafer is. Cause it takes some time. Um, and to see like just how good everyone's doing, knock on wood. Um, it's the autos in this, this round have been amazing. It's been an awesome experience to work with them. T-bones fishies. What's your opinion on tiger barbs? Do you find them an aggressive fish? I have 30 plus barbs and I don't find them aggressive, but they do chase each other a lot, but I don't see any aggression. So I love tiger barbs. I, I kind of like all fish. People ask me, what kind of fish do you like? I'm like the kind that swim. <laughs> it's kind of with fins and gills. Um, they're all fascinating in their own way. As far as aggression, I've kept a lot of barbs and sometimes I've had aggression issues and sometimes I haven't. I do think that keeping them in larger groups like you are 30 plus together does help with the issue in general. I think that if you only have a few tiger barbs, you're more likely to have them picking on other species. If you have a big group, they tend to hang with themselves more and not be an issue. But I've had the other experience as well, where I've had a group of barbs in a tank with other fish, a large group of barbs, lots of them. And one day they just decided to shred the fins off the other fish. So I've had it go both ways. And that's my experience. That being said, I like tiger barbs a ton. I was able to bring in a um, group of wild tiger barbs uh, like a year ago. And that was cool. Those are not nearly as aggressive as the domesticated strains. So 
I think there's something about uh, the the farm strains and stuff that somehow is aggregated aggression, concentrated it a little more than is natural for that species. Red light robot. Hey, hope you're feeling better, much better. Still a little sniffly, but like, so last time it actually hurt. Like my throat was super sore. The sinuses like hurt, like it was painful uh, to be alive. <laughs> I mean, it, it wasn't, there's degrees of pain. <laughs> I wasn't passing a kidney stone or anything, but it actually hurt. This time it doesn't hurt. So the inflammation stuff's gone down, but it's just annoying. It's, it's still there. But, but my energy's fine and I feel fine. I just have to, you know, blow my nose more than I want to. Um, hope you're feeling better. I have three four-inch centipede knife fish. They are exclusively nocturnal. What could be a possible future tank mates? Thanks, bro. Red light robot. I'm going to disappoint you on this one because I have never kept a centipede knife fish nor do I actually know what that is as far as the common name. Let's all learn together. What's a centipede knife fish? Oh, these guys. Okay, I've never kept them. I don't know much about them. Um, I know they go under lots of different names. Um, I, I'm going to have to pass on answering your, your question. I apologize, but I don't want to give wrong information just for the sake of like, I don't know, looking smart on camera or something. I don't know. I've never kept that species. Anyone here in the community, if you've kept centipede knife, knife fish, if you would chime in, uh, answer a red light robots comment um, and let them know about any possible future tank mates because I don't know that fish well enough to make a recommendation. <laughs> the honest truth is I don't know that fish at all. So Stephen P. 2003 Aquartics, also not Stefan, number one fan. Wow. <laughs> there might be some other fans that would uh, that would take you to task for that comment. <laughs> they might challenge that assertion. But Stephen, thanks for being here. Appreciate you. Um, appreciate the super chat. Always appreciate it. Never required. And like what you're doing on YouTube. Way behind, haven't had time to watch practically any videos for several weeks from anyone. Um, every now and then I'll be able to lurk in a live stream or or have a replay of a live stream going or something while we're working, but um, way behind. So hope everyone's doing well. Uh, if you're not, I'm sorry I missed it, but I'm, I'm out of touch right now on the community a little bit. Just been overwhelmed with work. Not in a bad way. Not like I'm overwhelmed, but like super busy because the dream's coming true. So overwhelmed in, in a good way, but but very busy. Mountaintop Puffer Keeper. My biggest crash was a DIY CO2 with a two liter bottle setup that gassed my school of bucktooth tetras overnight when a valve failed open and it was not a fun morning. Yeah, it sounds like CO2 um, so far is the most common culprit. So all y'all that have CO2 going, don't get the cheap regulator. Sounds like pay the money, get the good setup. So you don't have that, uh, that CO2 dump. That sounds terrifying. I would, I don't know if I'll ever set up CO2 now. Oh, I can't even imagine that. Just knowing that there's like a, a loaded barrel pointing at my tank that could go at any time. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Yeah, I like to DIY too, mountaintop puffer keeper, but maybe not on the CO2, <laughs> right? It sounds like. Real stinks. Cracked heater killed my 100 discus tank once. Ooh, ouch. Yeah, heaters are not good. I'm rooting for aquarium co-op. Um, I'm hoping they'll be able to develop the heater we all want, which is basically one that works and doesn't kill our fish, right? <laughs> it seems like it's like so many things um, anywhere in life, but it, it seems like the, the bar for that should not be that low. Seems like engineers should have been able to come up with a way to make a good, reliable heater and companies should have spent the money to make it because we all want it, right? Who's not gonna pay a few more bucks? Especially once it's happened once, all you need is one heater malfunction and then you'll pay double, triple for a heater that won't kill your tank, right? So I, I'm rooting for uh, Aquarium Co-op on that one. I hope they're able to, to develop it. Uh, cancer Terrain, in Kentucky every spring and fall, they flush the public water system and wreaks havoc on tanks. I know a lot of people lose tanks to it each year. Yes. Yep, when the seasons change and the municipality um, flushes the water system, it's not good. That's for sure something to keep in mind. Forest Key Kendall, maybe glass water cleaner was used on the tank to get a good look at the new fish. Yep. Yep. New fish. Let's look at them. I mean, I think we know what happened now because Mario has told us, but still, um, thanks for keeping coming. If you have a tank crash cause that we haven't talked about yet. Yeah. I want to, I want to know, I want to know them all. Not because I'm celebrating them, but because I'm trying to learn. <laughs> Mitchell Broom, I have a friend who was having work done on her house. Wait a second, did chat jump? Yeah, this is like a repeat. That's so weird. Hang on, let me orient myself here. Um, still looking guys, hang on here. Wow, chat went, this is weird. Okay, almost there. Okay, getting close. Chat went nuts, guys. It's done something it doesn't usually do. Okay, here we go. I think, I think, I'm, I, think I know where I was. If, yeah, if I totally missed you, I'm sorry. Um, didn't mean to. Jeremy, any plans to sell vampire crabs? Um, no, um, I'm not going to do any of the kind of terrestrial crabs at the moment. So, uh, yeah, I'm not getting in that game. What I would say for anyone who wants vampire crabs is go to Secret History Living in Your Aquarium. Uh, there's an affiliate thing there that will help Alex out. If you click it and take you to Aquatic Arts, which does sell crabs, but not I, not yet. Um, that's, that's more terrarium stuff, polydarium type stuff, right? And I'm, I'm kind of sticking with the fish for now. I mean, maybe some, I've got a couple shrimp on there, some cherry shrimp that bred like crazy for me and uh, had a fish breeder that had a whole bunch of blue dream shrimp and wanted to sell them. So 
I got them and I'm glad I did because they're rock solid. They're not like imported shrimp. They're doing great. They're deep, deep blue color, really dark blue color, doing fantastic. But besides that, um, I don't have any plans at the moment to get into inverts. I'm trying to just do the fish well, get that up to scale, and then we'll branch out from there. Okay, Chevy Fish did have firsthand experience. Lost, um, had a tank crash due to a peppermint scented room freshener of some kind. Wow. Interesting. Well, thanks Chevy for, for following up on that. Punchy Paints. It was a cheap brand. I wouldn't have used it except I was out. Oh yeah, of the decor. Absolutely. Mountain Top Puffer Keeper. Some antibacterial meds used without ammonia remover almost caused a crash here. Took a few hours to cloud up and it was fish triage to add the ammonia remover and save the tank. Yes, um, there are, fish medication can wreak havoc on your aquarium, especially antibiotics, um, but there's others as well. So I would, I would highly recommend having a hospital tank. I know that's not possible for everyone, but it'll prevent your nice, beautiful display tank full of fish that you prize and have had for years from accidentally being wiped out um, if you can just remove the fish that have the issue to a hospital tank and treat there. Because medicines, absolutely, mountaintop puffer keeper can, can wreak havoc on a system. W. Marion, some people, cough, <coughs> me, put on a new CO2 regulator and don't, didn't monitor it closely enough. Very sad, quick, and thorough losses of snails, shrimp, and fish. All right, watch your CO2, folks. Spend the money, do it right, spend the time. That's what I'm learning from this conversation tonight. Thanks, Marion. Punchy Pinks, if water pipes get repaired or new, the glue they use can poison fish, needs to be flushed for a while. I didn't know that. I mean, I haven't glued fresh PVC and then immediately put it into tanks either, so. But yeah, something to watch out for. Hadn't thought of that one. Lady Diane, my prime was not expired. Small bottle, only half gone. No reason at all for it to have happened. Okay, yeah. So I guess not expired prime or whatever, just bad prime. Yeah, to clarify. That's interesting though that multiple people have had added dechlorinator and had it wipe out their tank. Like the dechlorinator went bad somehow. Kelly Foreman, if anyone asks your advice on plants, tell them not to buy a cheap regulator. Spend the money on the good needle valve, unlike me when I was a poor grad student. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm, that's what I'm getting out of all this. <laughs> well, a horrible story, not funny, but that is true. It was really horrible. Why expensive regulators with w, double regulator are worth it if you're going to do CO2. Jeremy Murray, deficient... Nutrient deficiency killing lots of plants at once can cause an algae's yeah, and, and with that ammonia and all that comes with it. Yes. I mean, generally plants tend to kind of melt slowly, but when they go hard, yeah, that's no good. So for those that are just joining us, um, we had a customer recently that experienced a tank crash. And so, um, we think we've pinpointed what happened there, but it, it got us on a discussion of reasons tanks can crash, just 
fail so almost instantly, right? One day everything's fine. You come back a couple hours later, everything's dead, right? And the things that can cause that. So one thing we've been talking about this stream is anyone that has an experience with something that caused a tank to crash, and I'm making a list. Um, I've learned a lot actually about this, things I had never thought of. I never, I didn't write down the PVC pipe glue. Um, and it, it originally was intended so I could email a list to the customer that had the problem and say, here's some things that you might want to check or that people have had tank crashes from. Um, but now that we've kind of solved the reason, we're just doing it for education, just figuring it out. So if you have a story of a tank that crashed and you know the cause, um, if you don't mind sharing it, um, we're trying to figure out all the things to watch out for. So we don't do that. Mountaintop Puffer Keeper. Per the MSDS Prime, and probably all similar, have products of de degradation, degradation that can include sulfur dioxide, carbon dioxide, alcohols, ethers, hydrocarbons, polymer fragments, etc. Are you saying that Prime can break down into ethers and hydrocarbons and polymer fragments like those eternal like i'm thinking of like mineral spirits for like washing your oil paint brushes and stuff like nasty stuff like that i hope not <laughs> chevy fish possibly errant oh yes this is another one electrical current Errant electrical current killed the fish or a heater stuck or a dead fish from ammonia spike from a dead fish. Municipal water source additives. Yeah. So I think that the one there that we haven't talked about yet is errant electrical current. If you have a, a filter or a light or a heater, anything with electricity in it, right in the tank, and there's a little failure of the seal and you get a little current running in the water that can happen. And I have been shocked a time or two when I've reached my hand into an aquarium and been like, oh, that's not good. <laughs> so absolutely that can happen. Orange cones, I'll have a plan B for the mini hatchets then. Yeah, and like, let me know how it goes because I, I have no experience with mi mixing the dwarf hatchets with the silvers, but I'd like to know. Real stinks. Oh, by the way, those dwarf hatchets or mini hatchets, they're doing fantastic. I. I think they're going to be rock solid for people. They've been rock solid for us at least. I know hatchets can be a problem fish. So it's nice to get a nice batch. So someone really wants hatchets and has been like, ah, they haven't done well in the past. I think these will do well for you. Real stinks. I had a baby angelfish tank. They got something. Lost all 100 angels in the tank in 24 hours. Water tested in normal ranges. Don't know what killed them. Man, I'm sorry to hear that. I think sometimes in grow out tanks where fish are kind of really concentrated in there, um, if it's not ammonia or any of those things, I think sometimes it gets so crowded that if it gets hot or a filter or some kind of air stone or circulation gets hampered a bit that the oxygen level let me try to say oxygen level again <laughs> i growled that the oxygen level 
<laughs> I sounded like the uh, albino torture chamber dude on the Princess Bride. Um, that the oxygen level can uh, drop pretty suddenly, the absorbed oxygen. And that can, that can happen even if everything else tests well. Recently got an oxygen uh, meter, dissolved oxygen meter, so I can, I want this for the warehouse because it'll help me as I dial in how much air to put through the air stones, um, how much fresh water I need flowing to keep everything good, and what's the raw water coming into the warehouse before an air stone comes in contact with it. It's from a creek, so it'll be well oxygenated, but I don't know the effect of all the filtration equipment and heating it and stuff, what effect that will have on, on the dissolved oxygen. So we've got a meter so we're not flying blind, and I'll be sharing all that with you guys uh, when we get to that point. Fishaholic learned it the hard way when I was a beginner, used a hang on back, changed the filter after it got dirty, lost some fish, but now I do sponge instead of those filter cartridges just fine, just rinse and reuse. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, the biggest marketing gimmick in the hobby might be the cartridge you're supposed to change. <laughs> and how <laughs> cleaning that filter and putting in all new stuff can wipe out your tank, right? That's, yeah. Yep. Been there. I, I know what you're talking about. Orange cones, hope. Oh, oh yeah, hope it's not pinned like my gallstone attack. Have my gallbladder out last month. Oh, that does not sound pleasant. No, just like really bad sore throat and sinus headaches and pressure and raspy, itchy, yeah, all that. Yep, it's all better now though. Marie Z, do you plan on getting any more serpent loaches? Yes, yes, that is one that uh, I'm on the lookout for. The supplier I was getting them from. Um, Let's just say I'm trying not to buy fish from anymore. Uh, there's been some quality issues and some, it's not the company I wanna work with, let's put it that way. So I think I have a lead on some more, but uh, I'm still working that angle, but they were one of my favorites. Those serpent loaches were awesome. So I definitely wanna bring more in. They reminded me of like a cross between a Gara and a botia of some kind, right? Just super cool. And mixing a little hill stream in there too. <laughs> Kids Aquatics and Exotics. If we can get 175 likes, I'd sponsor a $50 gift certificate giveaway tonight. Oh, that's awesome. 175 likes. All right, folks. This is when you call up all your exes and you get them on. We need 25 more. So if you would not mind reaching out to all your ex-girlfriends and boyfriends, etc., and getting them in here. Uh, we just need a few more. Now that I said that, it's dropped. <laughs> it's 148. But if we can do that, that would be awesome. And thank you so much, Kaler's Aquatics and Exotics, for being willing to sponsor a giveaway for tonight. I appreciate that immensely. Rick 500, just got my 75 of rainbows and barbs, everything, last week. Oh... I read that in a happy voice. This is not a happy comment. I just saw that. So sorry, Rick. I just 
my, I think it's just lost my 75 gallon of rainbows and barbs and everything last week due to a stuck heater. Oh, Rick, I'm so sorry to hear that. No es bueno. All right, for everyone coming in, um, welcome. Stick around for just a little while. We need to get 175 concurrent viewers so that Kaler's Aquatics and Exotics will spring for a $50 gift card that we can give away on the stream in a few minutes. So uh, stick around. <laughs> Greg Van Fleet, I ordered a group of Glossolepis Gudoman Village. Beautiful fish, very happy. I'm glad you like them. And man, as they grow, they're going to get stunning. I, ah, rainbows, like especially Glossolepis and some of the Chilothrina and others. Like, but, but Glossolepis for sure. They just don't get the color and such until they grow into it. It just takes some time. But once they do, they're fantastic. And the Godoman Village is, is absolutely stunning as an adult. I'm glad you got some. Glad you like them. Okay, I'm scrolling because chat jumped on me. We're at 160 people. It just jumped, dropped to 157. Shoot. All right. We're trying to get to 175, folks, because then we get $50 to give away. <laughs> so get your friends in here. Even if it's, like, get them here for five minutes, right? We can make this work. <laughs> All right. I'm scrolling because chat jumped, chat jumped like crazy. All right. Here we are. Geek Boy, if it helps... The warm and fuzzy feelings. I have been running a CO2 for 15 years now without a single issue. Whew. A good dual stage regulator. It's worked well, even when I forgot to check the bottle. Okay, yeah. So it's about it's about spending the money and getting a good regulator. Sure. Passive CO2 is much safer, says Chevy Fish. See, I'm not even educated enough to even know what passive CO2 is. I, I don't do planted tanks. So I'm showing my ignorance here. Red light robot. That's like a company selling a proper drip acclimation tube with a valve. It's DIY until a clever person markets what we really need. Yeah. Yep, yep. Paul Scott, back in the day you had discus. Do you plan to get back into keeping discus? Yes and no. It... So here's the problem we're having um, with, with discus. Here's why we don't keep them. It's because we have a flow-through system and the temperature is 77, 78 degrees, somewhere around there, right? And it's a massive system that uses large equipment to heat the water and treat the water and all that. So it doesn't make sense in that system to keep discus because we can't keep the tanks warm. Even if I put a heater in there um, with all the fresh water flowing through the system, it, it wouldn't be able to keep up. It would just burn electricity and it would never keep up. So the system in phase one of the warehouse is a no-go for discus or rams or other um, animals that need really high temperatures. In phase two, however, there is some thought that we may um, do a couple racks that are specialized with higher temperatures. 
We won't know that though, until we're a little ways into this. We need to look at the data. We need to let the numbers guide us um, and, and make smart decisions that will help the business thrive. And I don't have the data to make that decision until we get into phase one of the warehouse and are running for a little while. So I guess the way to answer that is I have tentative plans to do it. I would like to do it. And if the data suggests that it would be a good idea for the business to do it, then I'll do it. So that's, that's where I'm at with that, Paul Scott. A different Paul altogether, Paul Soltero. We got up to 167 concurrent. That is so close. We're almost there. Hang on here, folks. We need 175 folks to come. And then Kayla's Aquatics and Exotics will generously donate a $50 gift certificate to dancefish.com that we can give away. So we've got six more minutes. Let's see if we can make it happen. I think I did a disservice to the stream tonight because I just kind of threw it up because I had the new computer I was trying to get OSB installed in and settings right and all that. So it's it's uh, a little different than normal tonight, but we only need 10 more. I think we can get there because it dropped to 165. We're 166. We're so close. Almost there. Almost there. Richard Reynolds, do you ever get Indian mud skippers? I don't. Um, I just kind of keep pure aquariums. Nothing that needs land access to land. Not at the moment. No, I like them. I've had them in the past. Um, it, it, a big, uh, warehouse I worked at pet store that I worked at. Um, but I, I, they need a real specialized setup and I'm just not ready to do that right now. Leo Contreras, can those blue dream shrimp handle 83 degrees? I don't know. I've never kept them that hot. Most shrimp prefer it colder if they can get it colder, but the Caradinas are pretty hardy. So has anyone here kept blue dream shrimp at 83 degrees long-term? Let's let Leo know. We're at 166. Oh man, I don't, 168. Okay. Super close. Super close. Come on, 170. All right, we just need five more folks here. Five more. We've got five minutes. We can do it. 173. I think we're doing it, Bob. All right. Canada's Aquatics and Exotics. 174. Break out your checkbook. We're about there. We're going to do a giveaway here. I can feel it. 174. We need one more person. <laughs> Oh, no, we're down to 173. Okay, everyone, you've already called your exes. Let's try uh, Let's try your, your uncles and aunts and strange cousins. Oh, now we're down to 170. I don't know. I thought there for a minute we were going to do it for sure. We were so close. We were at 174. We were one away. But now we're at 164. It's going the wrong way. It's going the wrong way, Bob. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> if we do it, Kelly Foreman will match Bob's $50 gift certificate with another one. There's $100 on the line if we get to 175. We've got four minutes. I'll leave it to you to decide how to make that happen. Come on, hive mind. We can do this. <laughs> While we're waiting, I'll do another one. Crown Tail Half Moon. My baseboard warped over the years and didn't have any styrofoam or material between the rimless tank and the wood base, I woke to flooded living room with only two inches of water. Luckily, the disc has survived. That is quite a story, Crown Tail Half Moon. Yeah, so 
tank seam failure. Yeah, some kind of mechanical thing like that. We were close again. Oh, it's 175 likes. Oh, we're there then. We made it. I read it wrong. <laughs> well, if there's a way to screw something up, I'll find it. So that means we're there, right? I read it as likes and I didn't, it didn't, it didn't get in my head. Okay. Thanks for sending me straight, straight Maria Z. I'm sorry it costs you five bucks to do that, but we have two giveaways for tonight then, right? Let me just scroll here real quick because I'm behind in the chat. Make sure I know what we're doing and then we'll do it. Okay. Just looking here. Okay, so we have two different giveaways, one from Kelly Foreman, one from Bob Kaler um, for $50 gift certificates. That's how I'm reading this. So let's make that happen real quick. <coughs> Pardon me. Let's go to Nightbot. Oh, no, I have to log in. Let's see if I can remember how to log into Nightbot. Oh, good. It's going to work. It's going to work. Okay. We done did it. That was easier than I thought. Giveaways. Yes, please. Mods. Keyword. Okay. So... We're going to give away a couple $50 gift certificates to dansfish.com. Thank you to Kayla's Aquatics and Exotics and Kelly Foreman for making that possible. We appreciate that. That's awesome, you guys. Thanks so much. Like, the generosity is astounding. Really appreciate you. Um, if you would like to win, then enter hashtag GoBobGoKelly. G-O-B-O-B-G-O-K-E-L-L-E-Y. Okay, it's Kelly, K-E-L-L-E-Y, not K-E-L-L-Y. Hashtag, go Bob, go Kelly. All one word, all one thing. Looks like that, right there. Hashtag, go Bob, go Kelly, right? And you will be entered to win one of two $50 gift certificates to damnfish.com. That's awesome. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate that. Okay. So we're just going to give it a little second here. People are piling in. Nightbot is catching up. All right. Once people have had a, a second to do that, we'll go ahead and do the drawing. While we're waiting, let's let me see if I can answer one more question. If I can find one, because yeah, <laughs> Marie's like Dan, you hit the mark. Do a giveaway. <laughs> Thanks, Marie. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, Brian, I was confused. Terry's tropical tanks—they do make industrial heaters for liquids that can more than handle your volume. Yeah, but I'm going to burn a lot of power. Yeah, I'm just not going to I'm not going to do it. 
I would want to have uh, a dedicated system to do it right. I wouldn't want to just put a, a heater in a tank. So we're talking about uh, keeping discus and the problems of doing that in a flow through um, a flow through setup. Bryce Martin, what are you feeding your um, odontocaricidium species of finis? Um, and how are they doing? Any neat observations? They're doing awesome. I'm feeding them mostly baby brine shrimp um, and they love it. They'll eat small frozen foods as well. And no, they're awesome. They act like a kerosidium. They're just miniature size. So all the attitude and behavior and stuff you would you would expect from a kerosidium type tetra, from what I've, I've observed, you get from these. And they're doing great. They seem to be rock solid. I think they'll do well for you. All right. I think we have got enough people in. We're going to do these real quick and end the stream because it's after 830. It is past time. All right. Winner number one, Color Guppies. Color Guppies is here. There's already a message there. So Color Guppies, you have won. Please send me an email at Dan. <laughs> What's my email? Send me an email, dan at dancefish.com. And I'll, uh, I'll get a gift certificate to you. Um, sorry, I'm so tired. Like packing a month's worth of fish in one week is doing things to my head. Winner number two is Richard Reynolds. Richard, you have won a $50 gift certificate to dancefish.com. Care of Kelly's Aquatics and Exotics and Kelly Foreman. They did one each. Super appreciated. Again, let's just hang out here for a second. I wasn't sharing that. There we go. And uh, give Richard Reynolds just a minute or two to chime in. Let us know that you're here. And uh, and you will have won. That's all it takes. Just got to let us know you're here. Because if you're not, we'll draw someone else, Richard. <laughs> All right, still waiting, still waiting. I think I'm just gonna ride this out instead of answer another question or comment just cause uh, we're about at the end here. Yeah, we're over time, so. All right, Richard, you've got one more minute to let us know. I'm down at the bottom of the chat here watching for it. There it is, Richard Reynolds, I'm here. All right, Richard, same to you. Send me an email, dan at dancefish.com. Um, and we'll get you set up with a gift certificate. All right, we made it through some snafus with the new computer and getting it to talk to OBS and all that, but we made it. Thanks for being here, folks. Thank you very much to Bob and Kelly for uh, doing a spontaneous giveaway. Much appreciated, folks. Everyone that left a super chat, thank you so much. Uh, it's never required, but it's always appreciated and it's very helpful when money falls from the sky. So thanks so much. Um, Everyone that was active in chat and asked a question or comment, thanks for keeping it lively. Everybody who is uh, lurking, hail the lurker nation. <laughs> if you're watching the replay, thanks for being here. If you're listening on the podcast, thanks for listening. We'll be back next time, hopefully with less technical snafus since now we've got it to work once. But until next time, have a good one. Bye-bye.